and welcome to the Real Ones Caves podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London alongside my amazing co-host Brandon O'Doy. Do us a favor wherever you get your podcast, wherever that may be. Spotify, uh, whether it's on the Amazon, the Google, the uh, Apple, just go subscribe to the podcast and download it. A million different episodes for you to get. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and look for The Real Ones Canes Podcast. And Brandon, we have not had a chance to talk um, since Miami beat Boston College to finish the year at 7-5. and five. I was there in Chestnut Hill. Kind of surprising to me, but Miami came out and put a bunch of points on the board and did a good enough job on defense to limit uh, Boston College's running quarterback in order to uh, to get the victory. What were your thoughts? I mean, I like what we saw from this Miami team, and, and this is that's the team we expected to see most of the season, and, and, and that's the thing that has so many Canes fans perplexed about Tyler Van Dyke because he can look so good at times, and, and this offense can look great, and Shannon Dawson – can look like a really, really good offensive coordinator. So, I mean, these are the things that sort of conflate and conflict, you know, Canes fans, because we don't know which team we're going to get every time, you know, the coin is flipped and, and the ball's kicked off. And, you know, we're happy with the win. This is almost exactly what you and I predicted, um, you know, prior to it. I know we'll get to that. Don't want to run ahead. But, you know, a dominating win over a team you have more talent than. I mean, shouldn't even have been a question. So, you know, you look forward to the day of getting back to Miami's convincingly better than Boston College, and for obvious reasons. Yeah, I, I you know, I think this was a simple case, not a simple case, but definitely a case where Miami has more talent than Boston College, and the coaching did not get in the way to prevent the talent from succeeding on the field to beat Boston College, and I was really happy that we saw a good, healthy Tyler Van Dyke that did not make mistakes. And obviously, uh, we saw a defense that came to play. And it was just a nice game. Uh, it was cold up there. Not too cold, but it was uh, it was in the 40s. Uh, maybe maybe uh, low 50s, high 40s. That can sometimes, in the past, that has been an issue for the Miami Hurricanes. But those guys came to play. And it was it was really nice to see. But you talked about our prediction and the Canes finishing seven and five. So you know, I, I figured we were going to get here, and we were going to talk about the season and ending at seven and five, and whether that's an improvement or not. So I figured, you know what? Let's go see what we said on uh, the show, our preview show, right before the season started back in August. And I pulled that video, and I figured, let's go to it right now. I expect seven and four, but I think they can get. Uh, sorry, seven and five, but I think they can get to eight and four. Call me crazy with eight wins, but that's what I think. I I agree that it's a thing, something that should happen. I just think that there are just too many pitfalls on this schedule. I don't like at North Carolina. I don't like at NC State, and I don't like at Florida State. And so, if there are any, you know trip-ups along the way um because to get to seven wins you got to beat everybody you're supposed to you know what i mean you got to beat miami of ohio one bethune cookman two temple three georgia tech four virginia five and a boston college six and then you got to beat somebody maybe a louisville that maybe is a toss-up game and then to get to eight wins you got to beat you got to beat somebody you're not favored to beat and 
And with Texas A&M becoming what I think is a better program with the hire in the offseason of the, the offensive coordinator, Petrino, uh, you know, I don't I don't know. And it's just like some clear playmaking ability is going to have to establish itself. Somebody competing for national awards. It's going to take more than one guy on defense. And so I, I tend to agree that with that ceiling. I mean, we're not very far off in our predictions, but – yeah, I think – let me say this. Let me get this on the record. So be sure to include this when you criticize me. I think we'll be better coached. I think we'll be better – we have more talent, but I just don't like the schedule. That's why 6-6 six and six to me is the floor and 7-5 and, and, and um, five is to me the ceiling because of just the unfortunate nature of how the schedule is handed to you. That surprise win's going to happen. It's going to happen somewhere along the line. That's why they'll get to eight and four. So uh, <laughs> there, there you go, man. We kind of we kind of nailed it. Uh, you know, when I look back at that prediction, we we were kind of a lot. You know, and I would have been right with the eight and four if we took a knee against Georgia Tech. Yeah, no, you would have been right. Um, if you had to just said that surprise win. You would have you would have nailed it because I mean well, he basically kind of, uh, Clemson was kind of a surprise win even though in retrospect uh, you know they weren't very yeah, good. No, but... no. To be honest, this should have been an eight and four season. It really right. It, Georgia Tech, you know, but I mean, then you one could argue, okay, you win the Georgia Tech game. Do you become? Do you? I think when they lost to Georgia Tech, I think that made them laser focused on winning the very next week at Clemson. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think, like, that put, like, a stamp, like, okay, we messed up huge. Like, we've got to we've got to really, really focus. So we don't know what would have happened. But, yeah, it should have probably been an eight and four season. I mean, just reviewing it, I said, I don't like at NC State. I don't like at North Carolina. I don't like at FSU. We lost every single one of those games. Yeah, I was sure. like, I said – you know, six and six the floor, seven and five is the ceiling. Absolutely right. You said seven and five. You nailed it. You came back with the surprise win. You technically were right. We technically did beat a team we didn't think we would beat. I said the toss-up game would be Louisville. We lost 38 to uh, 31. And at the end of the day, I mean, it's hard to be more right than we were, but <laughs> – I mean, it's like, and then one of the things I said, and I was just taking notes, I said there's possibly going to be some trip-ups along the way. And that happened at Georgia Tech. It's it's almost like you and I have seen this movie before. The characters have changed, but the storyline is still the same. This is still a 7-5, and 8-4, occasionally 6-6 six and six program. And Mario Cristobal has to find a way to get us beyond that. So it... it- uh, we definitely have seen this story before, and the, the characters have changed, but the story is still the same. The question is, and this is the one that's being argued about all over the place, is whether, listen, there's no doubt that this team is improved since last year. I mean, just record-wise, it's it's two wins better. The question is whether it's definitely going in the right direction, and that improvement is going to keep going or not. Well, we'll only find that out, you know, at the beginning of next year. Like, 
I'm not paying any attention to anything in the spring. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about media day. I don't care about fall camp and who looks good and who's doing well on green trees. Like, I don't want to read any of the reports. Whatever the first game is, I believe it's at Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. Or some big game. Like, I'll see you in Gainesville, brother. Like, I mean, I don't care about any of that other stuff. We'll We'll find that out. Now, I will say this. There are a few, and I don't want to tease this and not get to it, but we're going to learn something about what we're going to see next year during the bowl game because, I mean, there are a lot of people who may not participate. You know, it's been announced that, you know, Cam Kitchens and James Williams are expected uh, to turn pro. If they do, they could opt out. And then we, you know, the elephant in the room is the Tyler Van Dyke discussion in the quarterback. Yeah, we'll get to the bowl game and the future coming up. Next segment, Cam Kitchens is is already gone. Like that's 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 done. Uh, it's the okay. question, or, or or he's declared whether he plays in the ball game or not. It's not done. But uh, I, I don't know if James Williams has definitely said he's leaving. Has he? Yeah. The, no. The reports are just you know I saw reports you know yesterday that they were expected. Know, consi- yeah, expected to you know. Got it. To declare for the draft. I mean, it's no surprise. I mean, Kitchen had a first-round grade last year, or near first-round grade. So, I mean, everybody, you know, he played kind of shaky at first, and then, well, no, he played great, then he played shaky, then he played great again. And so, hopefully that was enough to get him at least in the third round. Let's go through this season as far as each position group kind of just talk about where they're at. So let's start with the offense. There's no doubt quarterback position was an issue this year. Um, Yeah, just, you know, Tyler underperformed, super inconsistent. There's a lot to like about Emory Williams. I think he should have played a few more games than he did. I wish Tyler had been more healthy. Healthy Tyler is pretty darn good. You saw it against Texas A&M. You saw it against Boston College. You saw what hurt Tyler gets you. And, um, you know, it's it can be bad. It can lose you games. You know, it can keep bad teams in games, you know, struggle at home against Virginia, drop a winnable game at home against Georgia Tech, you know what I mean, throw a game away against North Carolina and North Carolina State. So, I mean, it's just super inconsistent play. And, uh, you know, look forward to, you know, him moving on and, and hopefully he goes somewhere and resurrects his sophomore year. And the things he did well, I, again, great dude, amazing person. He just up and down football player, and that's just as as good as you can say it. The yeah, the quarterbacks, uh, the quarterback position between Tyler and Emory. And then I thought we would see Jakari at some point, and we didn't. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, you know, I'd give it a C at best, um, just because. Of of the turnover issue that we saw, uh, we moved to running back. Brandon and you were on Mark Fletcher before game one, saying that this guy was going to be a foundational type of athlete for the University of Miami, and he was amazing. Then we saw a bunch of other guys, including Mark Fletcher, just be hurt, kind of uh, throughout the season. Whether it was Don Chaney or Henry Parrish, um, AJ Allen stepped up, um, but they got great production out of that running back position, regardless of who was healthy or who was playing, they managed to, to use that position well. 
Yeah, no, very good production for the backs. It felt good to kind of have, you know, the ability to run the ball and get first downs and use the running game as a weapon. We did that at times this year. And uh, Fletcher's a stud. Parrish did very well. Those two is a one-two. It's really good. Losing Don Chaney to the portal is not a really hurt. Uh, it's not a really big issue. I mean, you would have liked good Don Chaney was really good. Fumbling Don Chaney and sort of, you know, hurt Don Chaney was kind of not so much. And um, you would have liked to see him stick it around. I think he could have resurrected his, you know, career here and, you know, maybe competed for at least that second spot behind Fletcher because I think he's RB1 moving forward. But, you know, I give a solid B to the running back core, maybe a B plus. I mean, they did very well. They caught the ball out of the backfield. If you add A.J. Allen, uh, to the aforementioned guys, and then even Rashad Smith, who took some carries. I mean, that, that is a strong room, man. And then you add, you know, the recruits that are coming in, the kid from Texas, uh, well, Alabama, rather, and Chris Humphreys from South Broward High School, right around the corner from here. I mean, he he's a, a real engine. I mean, super speedy. I, I just like what Tim Harris is doing in that room. And Tim Harris and Benedict Hippolyte don't get enough credit. You never hear their names mentioned. Uh, but they had that group completely coach up. Tim Harris Jr. is a freaking head coach candidate. Yes. FIU swung and miss on him. He's a, he's a big deal. Uh, and I'm happy he's at Miami for as long as he is. He's an alum. It means a lot to him. Super quiet guy. You know, it doesn't say a whole lot. Just does his job. Great ball coach. Great recruiter. I mean, great person. Great family man. You know, dad, all of that. Husband. It's just, I mean, you saw it, man. He killed that room this year. He absolutely killed it. Yeah, he's got the he's got the right genes to be a great coach as well. His dad is 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 a legend. Yeah. For sure, is and his brother also in the ranks. So, uh, you know, that family knows how to to coach him up. Uh, the wide receiver position is an interesting one. Xavier Restrepo was Xavier Restrepo, right? As as uh, solid as they come. Um, and then we saw, you know, Jacoby and Colby, uh, you know, have flashes and do really great things at times. And at other times, you just either they they maybe didn't get them the ball enough or they yeah. disappeared or some other things. Brashad Smith was definitely underutilized um, in the offense. And, you know, there was a couple of young guys that, here and there factored in. I give the wide receivers about a B, I think. Yeah, B. You know, a strong, solid B. I, I think to minus it or plus it would be unfair. Uh, solid B. You know, again, KB, Kevin Beard did a great job with that room. Um, and, and under some difficult circumstances because it's hard to be a good receiver when you got very inconsistent play at the quarterback position. For sure. So, I mean, to be honest <laughs> – I mean, Xavier was first team all ACC. I mean, he produced at a high level. He almost had a thousand yards. Yeah, you know for sure. So, I mean, he was a super capable, super awesome, you know, receiver this year. Did very good. Um, it's just hard to rank them at an A because the impact that they probably could have had had a lot to do with the fact that, you know, the quarterback position didn't play very well. I'm still waiting for Miami to get back to having that guy, right? Like a nationally recognized yeah. big-time receiver. Um, considering 
the recruiting base here in South Florida and the amount of guys that are produced down here. I mean, the names are endless for the amount of great receivers that have come from South Florida. And it just seems like they haven't developed that one guy yet. An interesting quip, Mario Cristobal told a mutual friend that he's sort of responsible for the best receiver leaving South Florida and going other places. You know, he single-handedly took Calvin Ridley and Jerry Judy out of here, and Burgess Becker left, and you saw Brandon Ennis last cycle go to Ohio State. Jeremiah Smith is currently committed to Ohio State. And unless he becomes a hurricane, he's just another example of an elite South Florida wide receiver that does not end up in green and in orange. And at the end of the day, you're right. It has to get back to not piecing together. Like, no disrespect to Xavier Restrepo, but he should not be the best receiver on the University of Miami. I mean, I love the kid. I've known the kid since he was 10 years old. He should be one of the – he should be one of the complimentary – you know what I mean? He, he should not be the, the, the number one guy. And, the, yeah, and that it, is indicative of where this program is from almost every facet. If X is your number two guy, right, he's just your solid count on him, slot receiver, whatever. Like He should be the third down guy, the go-to dude, the punt right. return stage. Exactly. Playmaker you need. We need to ignite the team. Fan favorite. But to be, but like, you can't, he won't be able to command a double team. Like, and see, and let me qualify that because I don't want to use, there's no racism here. There's no, you know, any of those things. He's not fast enough and he's not big enough to do what a number one requires. A number one receiver takes two guys to cover. End of discussion it makes people obsess about how to stop them. So when you have a number two, it's an assessment. Like when you have a number two that is as good as Xavier is, now all of a sudden you got a big, big problem. And it's called Ohio State, you know, because, or it's called Florida State, because you got a Cam uh, Coleman on one side, you got a very capable number two, and you got a really good running back. And so now defensive coordinators can't just key in on stopping one guy. Like, in this offense, it's Tyler Van Dyke's going to beat himself. We got to start the freshman Mark Fletcher, and we got to stop Xavier Restrepo. Outside of that, a guy may hit here or there, but nobody's consistently doing it on a game-in and game-out basis. We moved to tight ends. Uh, not, like, just, I don't, I mean, incomplete, right? You get an incomplete. They didn't, I mean, they didn't even factor. I'm sure they did some great blocking, uh, but just not even a factor. So I, you know, we could discuss that forever, but we can won't. I, can, I, can I just can I just say this? It's sad, but it's hard to be tight in you when you ain't got one. It's hard. Do they not? I do they definitely like, do they definitely not have one, or do they not utilize them? McCormick couldn't catch a nosebleed. I mean, it Ooh, it, it was wow. terrible. It was, to, and he's been in college longer than anyone. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they call him doctor. The, the deal is, I like the Riley kid. I thought he had glimpses. I don't know why he didn't play more. We definitely don't know why Jaleel Skinner didn't play. Like, that's just a mystery beyond mysteries, five-star IMG kid. I mean, there are things we just don't know. We don't know what these kids are doing in the classroom and all right, the of field. course. 
the Marinelli kid jumps into the portal. He never should have been here over from Naples. It's not a Miami take. Um, and then, you know, you have situations with, you know, I mean, it just – and then your favorite tight end, Roy <laughs> He's been has gotten more publicity for a guy who's never played any significant or done any significant thing in this program outside of a touchdown and a blowout. Like, come on, man. Like, this is tight end you. Like, this is the you, man. Like, tight ends run this place. Like, give me Jimmy Graham. Give me freaking Greg. I mean, just yeah. give me the – Greg Olson. Give me the big – I mean – I, man, give me um, David Njuku. Give me Chris. Yeah, man, exactly. give me Chris. Chris, I, I can't even think of some of their names. Like, I mean, it just – I need I need talent at that position. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, moving forward, last on the offense, offensive line, amazing job. Eric, Alex Maribal knows how to coach him up. Mario knows how to recruit him. Get him in the portal. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's not enough accolades – uh, a plus, A plus, great job. Listen, great job, Mario Cristobal. Great job, Alex Maribel. Great job, everybody in the recruiting department who watched film on those dudes. And here's the crazy part: the five-star Samson Okinawa, or whatever his name is, he got hurt. He didn't even play. Yeah, he didn't even so, play. You know, we have we have him to look forward to, but we must say goodbye to Matt Lee and, and, and Javon Cohen. You did a great job. You'll forever be Canes. Um, thank you for coming in this one year. Sorry we seemingly possibly wasted one of the best offensive line units we've seen in recent memory. Um, but you guys were studs. Hopefully you get drafted really high and have great NFL By the way, it's an absolute sham that not one of the Miami Hurricanes offensive linemen made first-team All-ACC. It's a shame. I mean, I mean they it's get, just they I mean, freshman All American, but I mean, it's whatever. yeah, it's crazy. Moving right, to the other side of the football defensive line, uh, we definitely saw some some, and they you know they missed a guy that I thought was going to be the, the the lead guy in that defensive line with Mesador. He missed most of the season. Was out with an injury. Um, that's yeah. a sad story. Um, and uh, Najarik uh, Najalik Kelly uh, was out. So we missed him, but they managed, man. They managed. Uh, Branson Dean did some good things, and, and let's not forget about the the rookie of the year of the ACC, Mr. Ruben Hurricane Bain. Just amazing. Yeah. You know, Bain, ACC rookie of the year, depend, you know, defense, a tremendous job by him. You know, props to him, his whole family. You know, his brother's an offensive line coach. Got to give him credit. Reggie Bain uh, played at FAU. He's a part of that A-plus Grouping, forgot to mention him. He's a GA or analyst here. Um, but great job by Bain. Great job by uh, Branson Dean. Just tremendous job by him. Um, I think, you know, Leonard Taylor didn't quite play up to expectations. They were super high. Uh, Jafar Hafney, I mean, he played, you know, well in the spots that he came in. He took over for Najee Kelly, who played decently. Uh, he stepped back in coverage. Pretty decent job by the freshman Wayne, who came in at times. Um, I like the rotation. I like. I thought it was yeah. really good. Amon, Amon Moten, Harrison Hunt. You know, a lot of guys got a lot of reps. We missed Dean. We really did. Uh, but Dean was a great. You know, Branson Dean was a great pickup. We missed Mesador, is what I meant to say. Yeah. Uh, Dean was a great pickup. Uh, there was a lot of depth there. Um, 
but a lot of stuff comes back next year. You don't lose a ton of stuff in the portal. Um, and hopefully, you know, so far, you know, no announcements have been made other than Hafley. And, you know, he's been around for a long time. And you got younger guys that are coming in to be a part of this program. So it's not a tremendous loss. He, you know, it's a loss of experience. But I'm going to give those guys a B. I mean, I think they did a good job. I think they could have gotten a little bit more pressure on the quarterback. Once they start doubling, I noticed once they start doubling Ruben Bain in like the NC State game, that kind of became a trend and you really didn't hear from him that much the remainder of the season. So that was when somebody else needed to kind of step up and they really didn't. So B minus B somewhere in that area, I think. Is and uh, to see Mario and the staff, uh, Coach Alavea, Coach Taylor flip this kid that was committed to Ohio State, huge, huge deal for this program. And if you're a kid out there, whether you're – uh, a recruit or a portal guy, why would you not want to come play and be coached by Salavea and Jason Taylor? Right. I mean, uh, no just, I, I mean, I mean, just amazing. I mean, you would have had to be around those St. Thomas teams that he was the defensive coordinator for. And even when he was just a D line coach, I mean, he, he's so thorough. He's so, he loves ball. Do you, I remember he pushed back leaving to the to get his Hall of Fame jacket because they were in the state championship. He, it meant that much to him. Like he wasn't going anywhere. Like, and people don't realize his son's one of the best tight ends in the country. I, Hell yeah! I don't know. I don't know why. He's at LSU. Yeah. I, I, that's a family thing. I get it. Don't want to be around dad. I want to pay my own path. I get it. But. I mean, he would walk right in here and turn this place out. I mean, he'd be yeah. a 30-cap kid. Like, I mean, he's a stud. But long story short, Jason Taylor's great. Joseph is super cool, awesome dude, just great, good guys. They coach their butts off. They're passionate. They're running up and down the sidelines. I mean, they had a good unit this year. Now, yeah. A little bit more pressure. They had some injury bugs. So, I mean, a little bit more pressure for me, but they had a really good season. Uh, linebacker, you know, obviously uh, not as um, not as integral in this defense as maybe in the past, but still really important. Um, you know, we wish the best to Corey Flag. I think he he really stepped up at times this year um, to, especially in stopping the run. He was he was big in that. Run stopper. I, yeah. I, as I said all season long, he's a run stopper. If you, if you needed any proof of his abilities. Go to the goal line stand in OT um, when he snuffed out that, you know, that silly key. It, that ball was not supposed to stay with that quarterback, and Corey Flagg made him pay. And, you know, he's had some times where people have been on him. I mean, this is a guy who played along, alongside a walk-on for almost a full season, and Ryan Ragone, no, no disrespect yeah. to him. It's just he was good. 51 was an All-American in my eyes. 31. Maui Noah uh, was really great. Yep. So my, my goal, Wesley Bethanth was good. Yep. Maui Noah, they were really good. 23, you know, you know, he started out kind of productive and then kind of wanes. Usually when that happens, there's a, like a silent injury. You know, we didn't see a whole bunch from him. Um, the freshmen played a lot on special teams, the freshman linebackers. Uh, Bobby Washington and um, yeah, we call him Papo uh, Raul Aguil, uh Jr. So they played a lot of special teams, so they'll be heard from soon. 
a lot to like in that position. D Nick did a good job coaching them up. You know, I'm in the B yep. range with those guys. I mean, defense was pretty solid. Yep. And then we go to the back four. Um, safety, you know, James Williams, Cam Kitchens. Uh, you know, I, I thought that I, I thought there could have been a little bit more consistency there, but you're talking about two yeah. guys that are gonna play at the next level. They weren't as consistent, but the potential is there. They'll be high draft picks. The corners, to me, were lights out. The corners are A. Cam and those guys in the safety were Bs. The corners were incredible. Daryl Porter Jr. not making the ACC. Oh, another another travesty. Absolutely. It's criminal. If I'm Mario Cristobal, I'm trying to figure out what that was about. Nobody caught a significant pass on him all season. Jaden Davis was amazing. He had, like, one bad game against Carolina. Yep. Battled injuries. Um, and even the guys that came in, I mean, the one Brown like, brother that. Yeah, Demario I mean, you know, Brown, you know, came in and, and showed out. The freshman was great. To Corey Couch had his best season at Miami. Led the team in picks for a while until Kitchens caught up with them. You know, the, the, the corners at Miami this year were Miami corners. That, that position lived up to the billing. And you got two guys in the portal. Order two years ago, Jaden Davis a year ago. Great job, great recruiting, bringing these local guys home. I mean, they should have stayed home in general, and yep. they should have gone to the places they went to. For uh, sure, but we got them back. You know, just like we got Tyreek Stevenson back from Georgia. So, just a, just a great job by my cousin, my Ghanaian cousin Jamil Day, and uh, you know, from the same town in Africa. So, at the end of the day. Uh, they did an amazing job. I would have liked to see a little bit more from the safeties, you know, um, especially that Georgia Tech game kind of stick. Yeah, no doubt. They probably didn't expect to be there. So, Special teams uh, kicker, uh, Andy Borgales, great job. Uh, Dylan Joyce taking over for Lou Headley. Uh, great job. Yeah, good job. So, I mean, I would have liked to see more from the return game. Um, yeah. So there's that, but, you know, uh, I, I like what, what that unit has. Um, so the team finishes 7-5, and five, and I think there's a lot to improve on, and we will talk about where they go from here, the offseason, the portal, recruiting, the bowl game. It all will uh, be talked about when we come back on the other side. It's the Real Ones Canes podcast, the regular season recap show. We will uh, be back after this. We're back here on the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London. Brandon O'Doy is my amazing co-host. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel if you are listening to this on the podcast. Go search for the Real Ones Canes podcast. Brandon, we talked about this past season, but now it's time to look ahead. And it looks like Miami, uh, Miami will be playing in a bowl game, not looks like. The question is the quarterback situation for the bowl game. It was a little bit dicey uh, with Tyler Van Dyke declaring for the portal, with Emory Williams being hurt, and we weren't sure about the status of Jakari Brown, although it looks like Jakari has said he will play for the bowl game, but some interesting stuff going on in that quarterback room. Then we saw Jakari on Instagram put a post of him saying, where has this been the last three months? I don't know what's happening there, but... How do you break it down, man? Like, what, how do you how do you even look at this quarterback situation? I mean, there's no other way to say it. This was mishandled. Um, you know, it, 
I don't know what the conversations were. All the hubbub is that Jacuri asked for a red shirt before the season started. He never came out and said that. They didn't make him available for media day. We can never ask this kid. The first time we're going to be able to ask him this question is, yo, bro, why didn't you play? And to be honest, we may not get him after the bowl game unless he goes bananas because they're probably going to not want – you know what I mean? Anything to happen. And I know my good friend Cameron Gorby will keep him under wraps. And um, I don't know, man. If he if he if he plays the entire bowl game, win or lose, it'd be hard not to bring the starting quarterback well, in. Well, I mean, well, you know, if he can find a way, he'll he'll, he'll figure it out. So <laughs> at the end of the day, no disrespect to Cam. It's just, I mean, it's a smart thing to do. Like, I mean, you don't want it to become front page business. You know, I mean. If that guy goes out there and has a Lamar Jackson-like performance, people are going to be so upset. I mean, it's it's going to be chaos. I mean, I don't think we know what to expect. We, I mean, we haven't seen the dude since spring. We, it's almost been a year since we've seen the kid. We don't know what he's capable of, especially in this offense. So, you know, we know he has tools. We know he can throw. We know he can run. We don't know how he's matured. He's not played a game. He takes a red shirt. I mean, it's a perfect thing for the guy to jump in the portal. And so now coming in in the spring, you got no healthy quarterbacks. So that would be a fun spring. So, I mean, it just, we just don't know. We have no idea. Good job by Mario and staff by getting him to agree to play in this bowl game. But, um, yeah, it's a mismanagement. It's hard to say much more. So what do you think Miami has to do in the offseason? Is it get – I mean, in, in my point of view, I think they need one, at least one, if not two guys from the portal and two guys that you recruit. Dante Moore, priority number one. He just went in the portal before this podcast started. UCLA. Absolutely. Should be here now. You would have played. Because Tyler, when Tyler started doing that, what you know, Tyler dance and all that, instead of Emory, it would have been Dante. And Dante played this year at UCLA. He would have been awesome in this offense. He can run and throw, even though he throws first. I mean, he went out. He thought Chip Kelly was a developer, thought he was a quarterback whisperer, which I think he is. They can't put a team around him. He got benched. It was silly. He's out of it. You know, and that's the thing. These coaches, if they don't keep promises, kids aren't sticking around. Like they don't have to, they don't have to sit there and deal with all of that. They can hit the, they can hit the streets. They can get in the portal and find their worth. Eleven touchdowns to nine interceptions um, for Dante Moore. Um, I don't know. I wasn't that impressed, but then again, UCLA wasn't that great. So, you know, I don't know what to make of that situation. You know, Cam Ward and. Line with that offensive line, with those backs and those receivers, I guarantee those numbers would have been better. Um, but you agree at least one in the portal, if not two. You got to take two. I mean, yeah. listen, you you ain't gonna have a spring, buddy. <laughs> you got to take two. You got a guy coming back from injury. You got a bunch of walk-ons. You're bringing in one guy in the signing class, and I don't know if they're gonna continue with him. You know, but if you don't, if we don't take Judd early or if Judd gets dropped for CJ, um, who's, you know, at Chaminade and then Cedric Bailey, I mean, at the end of the day, I know Cedric Bailey's an early enrollees and NC State commit 
is flip talk. But I mean, you gotta you gotta have three quarterbacks to play the spring. You gotta have three quarterbacks, three scholarship guys. Emory may not be back in time. He tore a bicep. I mean, that's not some small thing. Like he won't be ready to go out there and and do all that stuff. You gotta have three guys. You gotta have three new guys. Are you are you telling if me Emory that... doesn't come back? That's three full guys. I don't. I'm not telling you. I don't know anything. But I if I go out if I'm Jacory and I go out there and I ball shoot. Me oh no! If you if you put out good film, man, and 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 you know it hasn't gone the way you've wanted it to go here at Miami, I you know I can see him put his name in. I'm just going back to Judd Anderson because you're kind of you're telling me that that's not 100 percent right there. No, it's not. You know, I mean, there's where there's smoke, there's fire. They're behind the scenes. Miami is talking to you know Cedric Bailey because he is the quarterback of. Uh, Jeremiah Smith and also can commit Josiah Trader. And he played youth football with Chance Robinson, who is another wide receiver committed. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's the Miami Gardens purple machine, you know, the Ravens. You know, I mean, this is everybody hooking back up. And it, it, I mean, it makes sense. Should have done it. Six to months to a year ago, but you know it makes sense. It should have happened because if you're going to take a really tall project quarterback, why don't six, you take six, one bro. from your backyard? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, here's the deal: like this dude is number two in the country. He's got Shamanak going to the eighth straight championship. I mean, he will have won a state championship every year he was there. I mean, I mean, you could do way worse. I mean, Judd. I mean, I've seen Judd. I mean, no disrespect to him, but no, I'll take CJ every day of the week. So at the end of the day, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know anything definitively, but, you know, Gabby Uretha wrote about it, 247, and, uh, you know, I know a little bit more than I can say, but I wouldn't be surprised. All right. So that's your quarterback situation. What else are you, <laughs> where else are you looking to make advances in the portal? What What positions – do you think are, are important to kind of stock with some with some guys? Well, think about what made this year special. You got to go find a center that can come right in. And I think that not developing a guy has really cost Miami because now you're going to be at the brand new quarterback, brand new center thing for the next several years. Like that's really bad business. You know, you have got to get out of that sort of rut. You know what I mean? But that's what you're going to do. You're going to be brand new quarterback, brand new center, you got to find another guy to replace Cohen if you didn't develop somebody, you know, on the bench. So we got to see. Because these guys didn't leave a lot of room for no. other guys to play. They were the right. five guys, and that's how it went. So anybody else playing offensive line, they stayed healthy. They stayed ready. I mean, like, anybody else playing offensive line did not get any real time except for, you know, the blowout wins against Temple and Bethune-Cookman. And those guys played. And that's how it should be. You should have five guys you can absolutely depend on. And them staying healthy was awesome. So you got to go find two offensive linemen, maybe just one. Definitely a center. You got to go find a quarterback. We talked about that. I think you need another receiver threat because you're going to lose Harold. I mean, well, you haven't lost Harold yet. You're going to lose Ladson. You know, you, you need a little depth there because you're losing Rashepo. Uh, Kobe Young could potentially get talked into the draft, and so could George. I mean, you know, a lot of that has to kind of shake itself out. So I think Horton's a really good piece to have coming back. He 
he's he hasn't done enough to go you know pro. I think that's really exciting. You got some freshmen coming in that are gonna push, and so you may have enough. I'd like one more veteran. Someone, someone, find me a bona fide tight end. Yeah. Now you know, go get a tight end, and tight ends aren't jumping in the portal because they're getting shown a lot of love where they are because they're hard to find now. Georgia's basically completely revamped their offense to be centered around a tight end as the main guy. Like they were putting him up at Heisman, you know, earlier this season. So I mean. It's so bad. I didn't even tight end didn't even come to my mind because it's like I forget that position exists because of the way we use it. Um, on the defense, you know, you're you losing. I mean, yeah, for sure, you need a D tackle, but I'm worried about the safety position with those two guys leaving. Mm, you got a really good safety coming in from Shamanat Madonna. I think he'll start right away, just like these two guys did. They both started as freshmen. People need to remember that. I think Zaquan Patterson coming in will start. Um, 19 from Riverwood High School, Jaden Davis. I mean, shout out to him. He went to the same high school as me, Atlanta, Georgia, which I never thought I would say a kid went to my high school and played college football, uh, major college football at that, but he is. And I I think he's played enough in spots. He did really, really well spelling uh, in the game where uh, I believe Kitchen missed a few series. And so at the end of the day, uh, I think you're fine. Could you go out and get one more? Mm-hmm. You've recruited decently there. Um, corner, I think you're good to go at corner. Porter comes back. Yep. You got um, you to find a guy to replace Couch. That's not going to be an easy to Corey Couch. Yep. Yeah, you need you need Demari. I think you have Demari Brown. You have Brown and you have Porter on the side. I don't know if Davis has more time and if he'll choose to come back. But I think you're good at corner. I, I I think you need a nickel guy, um, and linebacker. I think you're fine for a while. Um, but yes. So to sum it up, portal quarterback, maybe two, a center for sure, maybe a, a guard, and um, a tight end would be lovely if they can figure out how to use them. A D tackle. I think you're good at in. You bring in a lot. I think you're good at backer. A guy in the slot, maybe a safety. Uh, I wouldn't reach. And you know, you got you got uh, you got a, a freshman punter, uh, so that's good. Um, yeah. So um, you know, special teams wise, I, I, I would love to see a star returner somewhere. Uh, you know, maybe they can turn Brashad into that guy. Um, or what have you, but so someone, Ray someone Ray, somebody's got to step up. Yeah, but Ray Ray, so someone is going to step up and be a, a star returner. Miami is missing that uh, from their from their arsenal. Um, and then you know we look at recruiting. Guys are still flipping to Miami. It looks like Mario is doing his thing on the trail with. The, I mean, the staff. There's one thing about the staff, right? They can recruit. All of them can recruit their butts off. Yeah, it starts at the top. Mario's a relentless recruiter. Um, he, de- he just doesn't give up. I mean, you hear recruits' parents saying, oh, I just got a text from Cristobal. This literally happens every day. Uh, he's texting multiple times a day. You get videos. You get text. It's sincere. They're thought out. He's so natural with it. Um, yeah, there's NIL money for sure, but, I mean, he's putting in work. Like, you ain't going to a school just because somebody is giving you a bunch of money. Like, at some point, you got to feel the love, and they do a, you know, really good job. Yeah, for sure. So we don't know what bowl game they're going to be into. We will find out on Sunday 
what bowl game they would go into. But you know, I I would just I think there's I think Miami's won one out of the last eleven bowl games they've been in. That was the one against West Virginia up at uh, in Orlando. Um, I happened to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was first year. I was there as well. Um, for some reason, Miami's just not put an emphasis on winning these bowl games. And I know it's not the playoff and it's not, you know, it may not be a New Year's Bowl like the Orange Bowl or the Sugar Bowl or one of the marquees, but I would just like to end the season on an up note. It's going to be hard to do that with a kid that hadn't played all season. So my expectations are real low. Why, why are you going to do that to me? Hey, man, this is the real ones. Sorry. I mean, maybe it's a situation where uh, the defense plays out. And Listen, if these guys, if these safeties decide not to play and, you know, I mean, shoot, Matt Lee can say, man, I need to get ready for the draft. What are we playing for here? For an eight-win season? Man, I got to get focused. Like, I mean, you got a back. You have no backup quarterback. This guy's a running quarterback. He gets hurt. Like, this bowl game could go a lot of ways, man. I wouldn't put very much into it. Thank you for really – and hey, listen, I tried to tell you about Van Dyke. You didn't want to listen. <laughs> you know, it is. I mean, listen, we were spot on. I mean, if, if, if I don't have any credibility, I said six and six is the floor, seven and five is the ceiling. That was a quote. And that's exactly what you got. I um, I'll give you props for your prediction. I was, I would have been dead on. You were kind of right. I was kind of right. You put your, you put your UM yeah. alum glasses on. Right toward I, the end, because you want you want the glory days. You see, I wasn't around for that. I don't have any visions of Grinder. I never walked into the Orange Bowl. You know what I mean? I watched it on television. Man, it's we weird. did. My first week, my first sort of month being here, they were tearing down the Orange Bowl, and I thought about like going to the last game there, and I just got too lazy. I was like, ah, whatever. Yeah, you didn't miss anything there. in that last I game. Figure out how to get yeah, they lost uh, so much yeah, to well, nothing. Yeah, we got blown out. All right, well, Virginia, yeah. right? Virginia, 48 nothing. yep. Uh, I was on the sidelines for that game, and somewhere there's a picture of me just sitting alone on the bench like an hour after the game, just in depression mode. Um, that was a bad deal, man. Um, thank you, Randy Shannon. I appreciate your uh, efforts. Um, who I saw up in Tallahassee with a smile on his face. <laughs> Just, just didn't do well there. So, you yeah, know. no doubt. Uh, uh, don't just take an L. Another, look, Miami has had a listen. College football has seen a bunch of guys, and the NFL for that matter, who are just better coordinators than they are head coaches. Better I mean, there's, yep. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about Manny Diaz, right? Did a great job at Penn State as a defensive well, coordinator. I think, I think he's going to get a head coaching job again, but yeah, no. Well, good luck to that program. May the force be with them. Uh, all right, we'll wrap it up. We will uh, we will keep doing this as long as there's something to talk about, um, and there will be because the portal opens on December 4th, and it closes January 3rd. There will be a bowl game. There will be a portal. There will be recruiting. It just never stops, and we will be all over it, and Brandon is going to look good, and hopefully the next time we do a show, he won't be binging Netflix until God knows what hour in the morning. Um, so sleepy. Oh, my God. I'm so sleepy. So, someone get him a cappuccino. Uh, something. Uh, all right. 
We will, uh, we will wrap this one up. We will see you next time. Please subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you next time right here on the Real Ones Canes Podcast. Peace.